This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Greetings and salutations. Happy festive period. Thank you so much for joining me again on this episode. I've got quite a few announcements, but let me tell you about what the show is going to be uh, today. So today I'm speaking to a friend of mine called Kelechi Okafor. And if you don't know who Kelechi is, you need to get to know. Kelechi is a very prominent voice online and she is a community builder. She is an activist. She is, the when I first um, discovered her on the internet at least, you know, five or six years ago, um, she's a Benz Punani womanist and I loved that she was so unapologetic in her approach to just to everything, to conversation, to ideas, to thought. And, you know, that's my bag. I love having conversations where we can be enriched and challenged and find new elements of ourselves. So in this conversation, I speak to Kalechi about being outspoken in places that don't necessarily always take uh, black women's narratives um you know seriously um there have been conversations you know she's she's blown up on instagram and on social media spaces especially on her podcast say your mind where she's spoken about things that a lot of people are afraid to speak about she's spoken about her treatment from you know white broadcasters she's talking about um elements of her own treatment from you know for possibilities and prospects in her career and various things things that a lot of black women are just taught not to speak about and on a wider level a lot of black people aren't really taught to speak about and there is this conversation around cherry picking and um gatekeeping and being being picked being being selected as black people rather than just existing among one another and um, you have to be exceptional in order for uh for us to be 
really, really valued and seen. And I think it's really interesting just how things are uh, manifesting and turning out right now. So we have this conversation around what it means to be outspoken today um, and in the way that in the way that it's being shown up. We also talk about what it means to her to be a mother right now. We talk about friendship. We get into our spirituality bag. It is a joy of a conversation. And my favorite conversations are the ones where I just lean in, just lean into the conversation, laugh, have fun. It's familiar. It just feels good. Um, and those are the conversations I'm looking forward to having more next year. So these are the topics that we'll be looking at today in today's conversation but before we get into that just a few things um i am very grateful to everybody who listens i see that there are listeners and um, i'm so happy that people are clicking on and having a gander can you gander with audio well having uh an, an ear peek i don't know if that is even a thing but i'm so proud and happy that people are connecting and listening in each week um each year from this year onwards i'm going to be doing an end of year review so i would love for people to fill out the form it takes no more than 10 minutes just in the show notes in the description and on this form it just asks you who you are, why you listen, what you've liked this year, what you want to see for next year, what you want to hear for next year. Um, and that's all across all, all aspects of the, of my content. That's my, the liminalities newsletter. That is the podcast. That is the speaking. That is the book. So I would really appreciate it if you could just throw down some ideas, some comments. Um, it will all be used um, for me to just kind of gather info and see what people really want, kind of who you want me to speak to in the new year, the kind of conversations you want me to be having, um, kind of people you want me to bring on. So I want to say thank you so much just for being you guys and I appreciate you all for tuning in each week so if you could just go to the forms at the in the show notes and it's only one form I don't know why I said forms it's one form in the in the show notes I would be super appreciative of that too and the second thing is like this is the last episode of before the end of the year um, so this is me saying have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Um, we'll be back. I'm deciding whether I'll be back on the 7th of January or the 14th. And I think that it might be the 14th. And um, I'll be kind of reintroducing some of the best episodes from 2021. Um, so next week, I'll be reintroducing an episode from 2021. That's, that'll be Christmas Day or Christmas Eve. And on New Year's Eve, we have an episode. Um, if you remember, I did Man Talk uh, on International Men's Day. I'll be throwing the audio for Man Talk um, there for New Year's Eve. So if you are interested in that conversation I had with a, a plethora of people um, with Trigger Calm and... 
Um, it was recorded by a black academic. Um, and yeah, I would love for you to listen to that. Um, you know, so that's Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve. And then I'll be bringing up another episode from the archives um, um, on the 7th, I believe. So I'll, I'll be back with fresh new episodes on the 14th, the week of the 14th. And yeah, I'm looking forward to, to bringing in and starting afresh with a whole new year for you guys. And I'm just taking a break <laughs> um, so I can recalibrate, reconnect with the content and make sure that I'm bringing as much information and um, new energy and refreshed and resourcefulness to help bring those conversations that matter, those conversations around what it means for us to be human and who we are in this space today. So I want to say thank you. Thank you so much. I want to say have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And without further ado, this is Kelechi Okafor, while we talk about friendship, motherhood, and of course, what it means to be human. Welcome to the show, Kelechi. Pleasure to have you on the show. I can't, I've never had you on the show, have I? No. no. This, is, this is rude and disrespectful. <laughs> very, very. All guest after guest after guest, and I'll just be looking there, double tapping, like, okay, thanks, Alex. I'm good. <laughs> no, like, I just thought to myself, in my head, I was like, oh, yeah, she's been on the show before. She knows how it rolls. <laughs> and then I, as soon as I click record, I'm like, wait. <laughs> oh, my goodness. How are you doing, my love? Everything's good? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you for having me. Yeah. I wanted to invite you on the show just to have a chat around just everything. It's coming. This show is going out at the end of the year. Uh, we're kind of just rounding up the things that have been that have been happening this year this this year has moved very quickly um before we knew it it was the end of the year before we knew it the clocks had fallen back everything had everything had changed it got a hell of a lot darker um and i just wanted just a nice just a nice conversation you know yeah it's yeah not, nothing but so yeah just generally how has your year been I'm really good, really, really good, really eventful. Um, just like different opportunities. I think that with, I don't know, the kind of person that I am, I like to feel like in control of things and really like to plan things. And I think what this year has taught me is that you don't know what is going to happen. Like you don't know what's going to happen at any time. And sometimes the, the plan that you have for yourself isn't as... Um, isn't as elevating as the plan that kind of like God has for you. Like mm. everything's working in a way that you don't really understand. Like obviously do your thing, but having made certain friendships and partnerships with different people that I wouldn't have expected popping out of nowhere, maybe they saw a video or maybe this, you go to a random meeting or a get together and then you meet certain people. You just kind of realize that a life is kind of beautifully chaotic. And if you can just go with the flow, but when you see the opportunity come through, you're just like, boom, got to be right there ready um uh, yeah that's what's really come through this year and um just like leaning into it like enjoying it enjoying not being afraid to enjoy things I think that when you're kind of hyper visible in the way that I am and you're outspoken I think that people think that you're serious all of the time and it's like actually no I enjoy things and being okay (laughs) with showing some of the things that I enjoy 
Yeah, this is why, um, like lately, I've been wanting to introduce so much more laughter into the show, so much mm. more like different kind of conversations, <laughs> because the the topics are heavy. Like mm. I'm talking topics around grief and you know, general, like mental health and wellbeing, and, and so many different things, and it just affects people in so many different ways. And it's exactly what you said. People just expect you to be serious all the time, and mm. you know, people you know me, I'm. I'm foolish. I I have like, <laughs> I'll be saying some stupid stuff, but like it's nice to kind of just be seen for the the full kind of human that you are in that kind of yeah. in that kind of regard. You know what I mean? Um, and to be able to just just exist, to exist mm. in that way, um, you know. But as I've been kind of like meandering through this year um and trying to figure out some stuff what you said actually about the whole friendship thing and making friends with people that you and partnerships with people that you probably would never have made it's Mm. it's interesting because when it gets to when you get to a certain age I feel like I've been seeing a lot of I'm almost 30 30, oh a baby boy Your voice makes you sound like Barry White, but you're not even 30 yet. <laughs> I'm a big fan, but I'm not 30. I can't wait to just be like a grown ass man, you know what I mean? Uh, but it's that's one of them ones, you know, making friends is hard as an adult. I keep, I've been seeing loads of like articles about making friends, making friends as an adult, all these different things. Mm. And I just think that there's so much that we don't know about about yeah. human relationships. And being scared of them, like we're so scared of them, and I think that that's what the like lockdown and I guess like the past uh, past two years, whatever. That's what's really shown people that um, you know when you have to be isolated, you really start to think about: Do I have friends? Who who like who makes up your village? Like, what's your support network? What do you truly have? Who um, makes up your community? And I think that that there are loads of people, not everybody, but there were loads of people who really started to do some soul searching during that time, thinking that I actually want friends. I actually want people to, I want connection. And we've been going for so long, decades, without really having connection, but feeling like we do because of social media. Um, and then people really wanting that, craving that. Um, because sometimes people chase, you know, romantic relationships when really what they want is a friendship. You know, yeah. but it just seems like it's we we kind of know the steps, you know, to romantic relationships. You go on a date, you do this, you do that. So people kind of know those steps. But when it comes to friendship, nobody's really or there aren't enough things that kind of break down how you go about making friends outside of primary school or high school or even college. So you get to a particular age and you think I want a different set of friends and you don't really know how to go about it. Um And I think for me, because I've been finding myself in new groups of people because of work, I'm having to consider um, different points of views and and just different people, you know, in and around this um, place that I wouldn't I wouldn't ordinarily have met. Yeah, yeah, it's true. I've like I've definitely asked people to be my friends in the past two. Like I'm so sorry. I would be so honest with you. Would you be my friend? Like literally, that's the most vulnerable thing. Like that you could. I love it. Like I'm like, could you be my friend? Um, and and then you just wait hesitantly as it says typing (laughs) and 
the, the, the three times. <laughs> and you're like, dot, 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 dot. No. <laughs> I have enough friends. The inn is full. <laughs> Acquaintance. Just send you a Drake. Oh. They send you a Drake song. That's it. They'll just send you the link to the Drake song. <laughs> fair trade. Send you fair trade. No, that would kill me. That would actually kill me. You'll just see me like, oh yeah, all, all accounts just deactivated. I'm a monk somewhere in like Tibet or <laughs> something stupid. You're not going to catch me. No, you're right. It's so vulnerable and so brave and so many... Um, yeah, I, I see people reaching out to each other. And I've had a couple of people say to me, oh, I think that we should be friends. Um, yeah, I think that we should be friends. Let me know if you're up for this and maybe we should go for a tea. Maybe we could do this sometime. Mm. Or I'm going to this event. Maybe you want to come through. Now, I feel like it's important to also talk about when people can do that. I think that when you have quite yeah. a lot of followers and when you have things like that, people feel like they naturally do want to be I was your just friend. about to ask that, yeah. And no, you can't. I'm sorry, you can't be my friend. You can't. It's it's not not at that stage because you're not really wanting to be my friend. You just want more access. Exactly. To me. And that and that, that's the stuff that's tripped me up. Um, in the part I know I by no means have as huge a platform say as you. People that that much access, in a sense, or visibility, as you said, but. It has been that, you know, like the thing is that like, they just want to see behind the veil. Yes. Sort of thing, yes. Or, and, or behind the curtain or whatever it is. Mm. And it becomes, it becomes quite challenging because you're just like, because you, you, you learn from that, don't you? People become, yes. like they, you say, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you, and then it becomes weird. And you're just like, well, the energy wasn't, wasn't moving right from the, from the, in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. And so I I have to be really, really cautious. So when people are asking those kind of things, not that they can't have similar motivations, but I'm usually looking at like, are they similar to me in terms of where they are in the industry or in their respective industry? Mm. Like what do you know, do they understand what it is to be visible you know in that sense like I'm looking at all of those things. So in a way, you kind of want to know that they've also got something to lose not because you're trying to have anything over anyone in terms of leverage, but you just want to know that they understand the space that you're in and sure. then, and therefore you move around each other with that sense of like, with that level of protection. Um, one of the main friendships that I've made that was really random was actually um, this black American lady who works at Facebook. Mm. She saw a video of me, uh, one of my videos that went viral um, and she started asking her friend group because she lives over here in the UK started asking her friend group like who is this person like who is this person I want to be her friend I feel like she's my vibe and so and someone in her group was like oh it's Kelechi yeah. um I, I, I could put you in touch and then you know they connected us mm. and since her make like making friends with her it's just been amazing because I've realized that there are there are these groups of like black women who are doing similar things in their fields and um they've got children as well yeah, and yeah, so it's yeah. a real vibe so like we've gone to parks with the children and that that wow Alex those things are interesting because when you think about white men and golf courses and that's where they make their deals mm. so I'm like bro so you lot have been meeting like this swinging your children on swings and they just wow wow my yeah. eyes really really shone see see you have to like it's it's like the things that we don't expect or the things that we don't typically do. because i feel like because we've been made to feel we should operate in isolation for so yes. long like literally individual 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 i made it here i did this self-made mm. da, 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 da. i'm so big on the on the on community i'm so big on 
like as you said you're having a tribe not necessarily but people mm. who are in your community who are kind of who, who we're learning from you know mm-hmm. I'm, I'm very much of that it might be idealistic it might be romantic but i'm very much of that village kind of understanding like you know everybody yeah. has a different purpose and they but they serve one purpose to create one thing you know and when it's and when we when i when i start seeing all the groups that were kind of created over the lockdown or the kind of people that were doing yeah. like you know that's what black girls hiking you know um black yeah. cyclist network i've seen skating combat i've seen all these different things all these communities and these and these new friendships and these new things it just like i, I just scrolling through instagram i'm just like oh everybody's I'm just... happy for them you know you just want to hug them all like yeah. oh, well done guys just... yeah like i saw black girls hiking i love that even like we've got swim dem crew like everybody yeah, like i just love that just exploring the world together Mm. that's amazing like just exploring the world and i know that there's like a black uh climbing crew as well because they they go to them climbing walls as well um i love all of that because it's pretty much like really everyone's separately preparing for armageddon so they're just (laughs) (laughs) they're just training in their little cohorts the hikers the swimmers everyone's like all right so we got we got we got the people that can scale the buildings We've yes, got the people yes. that can get the bikes together, like you know, for the quick getaways. Yes, <laughs> everyone's yes. stamina needs to be up because we're gonna be yes. running fast and fast. <laughs> they don't even realize once we get to rowing, it's over, it's over <laughs> for sure, for sure, for sure, for sure. That is jokes, nah, man. I think you know, everything's going to everything. I don't know, man. I don't know for this city. <laughs> I don't know if it's this city. is the thing. I th- the city, the country, but you know, I keep saying that. I think that there is, and um, Leona Nicole Black, who I really enjoy her work, oh, yeah. she's been talking a lot about it as well. That there will be this sort of mass mass exodus where it comes to like black creatives, young black people. Um, to where who knows I think everyone's just kind of like gonna scatter a bit but it's just knowing how magical we are how human we are and having that celebrated but having that celebrated in a space that you know is conducive to celebrating people and I just don't really feel like the UK is structured in that way like if you think about the highest person in office or even, um, I don't know, kings, queens, that, everything is still very played down, yeah. very, very contained. Subtle, um, constipated. Yes, and, and, we, and we need more than that. that's what it feels like like. every time I see one of them come on TV like politicians or um, just regardless of their race anybody that goes on in a particular position of like establishment authority they just they just feel they just it just feels hard like yes stiff you know it feels hard you've probably seen that a lot like kind of just over the past few months but just feels stiff man it feels like come on relax yeah but they can't they can't and we don't get to relax really none of us really do so it's nice to consider that there are these groups and i think that those groups are really a good uh kind of uh preemptive sort of thing vision of what we can have for the future like there's so much joy if we're talking about joy like in these pockets in these groups they're they're finding that joy and they're cultivating it and they're honoring it together and I think that that's what it's all about, like finding the people who understand joy in the way that you do and just being joyful with them. We all don't understand joy in the same way. Yeah, no, it's true. It's true. Um, do you know what's actually really interesting to me? I watched, um, I don't know if you've seen the trailer for Boxing Day. You've seen the trailer for Boxing Day? Um, Amil Amin. I haven't seen the trailer, but I saw it. Amil Amin that's yeah, directing. Amil Amin yeah. directing and he's in it. 
Um, it's got Asia Naomi King, Leanne Pinnock. It's got Robbie G okay. in there. Oh, okay. um, quite a few. But like, it reminded me of um, like Notting Hill, like not Notting Hill, like Love Actually, like a black oh. version of like a black. That's all black cast. It's like Love Actually, just from, and it just made me feel like I don't know what it is, but. <sighs> Yes, there's this, I mean, there's Exodus and yes, you know, there's this kind of this, you know, there's the ceiling there. But I feel like something's happening. I feel like... Something's happening, but look at how he did that. He didn't do that over here. Mm. Um, oh, even no. uh, oh, yeah. uh, and yeah. so you know to go and source people when we're talking about sourcing support and things like that and um, even look at how Michaela Cole had to then go away no. and do her thing and then sort of come back I mean she did win like the BAFTA Rising Star and she did do chewing gum and things like that this is true. but this really is true. to really transcend and not to get stuck just in a specific space and for her to be told that really this is your pinnacle this is your hubris she has to go and then you know build up get those people who are happy to fund things happy to support things um and then come back into our space and give something as amazing as i may destroy you and these are conversations that we've been dying to have ready to have for ages um that centered blackness in a way that hasn't really been done for us before um in you know in that sense and i just i look at that and i think that we shouldn't all have to go away to do it but if we need to go away to come back maybe that's part of it as well and then now like you say we've got boxing day kind of like the uh, black love actually and we're getting opportunities to show different things however you might feel about romance or you know these sorts of movies we should at least have access to them they should still be there yeah, you know yeah, yeah. Because, um, so i love it I yeah because the thing is you, you, we've, we've seen it in such a we've seen it in an african-american context for so long and even then it has its own kind of like challenges and um history and issues with mm. that but it was just nice like i don't know i don't know why it filled me with so much joy just to kind of see like people weren't there I was like oh my god yeah. like every time someone new came onto the screen I was like oh my god they're in it yeah. oh my god, they're in it and it just it just felt good so like I'm looking forward to just you know wrapping up in my like warm socks and just I'm know, watching finding, it, and yeah. finding a way to watch it you know what I mean um, <laughs> <laughs> and just be chilling like you know and just you know like seeing my little my, my black people on screen like yes. it's an all black cast you know so it's, it's lovely lovely to see it um I did want to ask you about um, <laughs> like calling in and calling out culture. I've seen this mm-hmm. a lot. I've not actually had a conversation with this about this with anybody, and um, no idea where this this question is coming mm-hmm. or going, where it will land, <laughs> and how quickly. But I'm just like, it's like because I know that on your platform you do speak quite openly and quite freely about you know the challenges. And, mm-hmm. you know, and the kind of the, the people that don't kind of step to you, like, correctly, or would just, or things that just don't, that just don't feel good. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, like, when, when did you, when did you make that decision to be like, all right, I'm going to address these things every time they come up, rather than letting it kind of, I know that for a lot of, especially Black people, as you said, in hypervisible spaces, they kind of let it just it's like, all right, mm-hmm. just, you know, they probably don't share the things and probably just let it just kind of mm-hmm. go on and um, they don't really um, bring it forward. But when did you decide that you're going to say, you know what, I'm just going to, I'm just going to speak about this. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to comment. I don't know if it. there was a, yeah, I don't know if there was a definite time. I just feel like 
especially through what was happening with lockdown, I was just speaking about a range of things, really, um, whether it's societal or whatever. So if I'm speaking about societal and systemic things, then I'm going to talk about my individual experience with that. And it's like people, you know, the videos would go viral, millions of views when I'm talking about, okay, people generally and things generally. Um, But then when you start talking as an individual, suddenly people are like, oh, well, maybe it's this and maybe it's that. Because unchecked misogynoir is prevalent so in in our society and when you are appearing to be doing things for the all people appreciate it but when it looks like you're doing something for you individually which actually is still for the all because you're speaking about experiences or speaking to experiences that other black women are having as well but it really riles people up because we're not taught to let black women speak and to appreciate what they're saying and to hold space for their discontent and their hurt and their pain as well as their joy and for their anger. There's just, we don't leave enough space for that. But um, I can't wait for space to be created for the things that I want. I have to do it. I think that, you know, joy is urgent work and to get to joy and to feel, you know, comfortable with your joy, you have to address and move the things out of the way that are impeding on you feeling that joy fully. Um, so that's like really my focus. And I just think that there are too much, there, there are too many like bad manners, bad behaviours um, within the global community. But I would say also specifically the black internet community as it pertains to the UK um, or London specifically there's just there are just too many bad behaviors too much bad manners and we let it be because people are really hurting and i think that they're operating from a trauma response sort of place where it's just lashing out and how dare you speak about your um your pain or how dare you speak about things that you're not happy with because we don't do that we just take it and i think when people see a blue tick as well i don't know what they think a blue tick means literally what a blue tick means is that twitter has my passport you know, like it's not, it's not anything. Okay, actually, it does. Yeah, right? But yeah. <laughs> but in terms of algorithms, yes, they they uh, they boost you because they know who you are. Like they can verify at any time who you are, um, as opposed to some random person that they don't know. Mm. Um, but I think people think that then it means fancy things and all sorts. But it's how you use it. I just feel like I've been incredibly um, intentional with how I use social media. So I've been able to get things back from it. But not everybody does it in that way. And I know that so many black women who are visible, they're so scared. They pretend that they're not. And everyone performs confidence and like all living the high life and doing all of these things. But they are so scared. Um, So if anything kind of comes their way or someone treats them a particular way behind the scenes, they won't say anything because ultimately they don't want to lose where they are. And um, they think that that is the fear, that their fear is that they'll lose what they have. And so they they swallow it and they swallow it and they swallow it. But my whole thing is at some point you're going to choke. So, you know, it's it's best to figure out, I'm not saying say speak up all of the time, but you're it's about choosing battles, definitely. But at this point, some people aren't choosing any battles. Yeah, definitely. And I think that just kind of happens across all industry, doesn't it? Because it's like, mm-hmm. you, you will see a disrespect. I went, when I was working in journalism, you'd see a disrespect and you'd just be like, Mm, okay I'm gonna leave it because I am grateful to be here a I should feel grateful to be here b I I have a lot more to lose than Sally over there or whoever yeah I have a a lot more to lose like literally there's like it's not even just the money it's like the the cultural shame that comes with 
being a Jamaican child yes. or, you know what I mean, or wherever <laughs> your, background, you know, your background is, mm-hmm. you know, you got to walk back, your head head hung down, right? Yeah. Um, so that's kind of a, that's kind of a challenge, that's kind of a challenging one. But what do you think about calling, calling behaviour in? Yeah, I think that there are ways to do it. Um, and I think that it's also subjective because sometimes people are calling you in and you feel like they're calling you out. So there's there's also that. Um, but yeah, I just think that there's a, there's a lot of things that people want to say and, and they're going to do that. And I think that there's um, the responsibilities change, right? I'm willing to call people in who ha- who do not mean me harm. And a lot of people, when they start their wildness, do actually mean me harm. And I don't have to hold space for that. And I yeah. think that when you are a black woman specifically, it's it's seen as like uncouth to um, go f- um, fire with fire or fight fire with fire. You're meant to almost martyr yourself, especially when you go past a certain age, especially when you have a child. People just expect that yeah. you just have certain things. And I think that that's what scares maybe a lot of people about me because it's just like, I don't play by any of those rules. So if you want to be wild, we can be wild together, but I'm more likely to come up um, with the upper hand because I do this, you know, and before I entered into whatever um, conversation that might've been, I've already prepared what I'm going to do. And I already know how it's going to go. I don't tend to kind of like speak on things that I don't know much about or that I don't know how it's going to play out. I like to know what I'm talking about. And I wish more people wanted that for themselves as well. So, um, yeah, I just feel like it's one of those things where call people in when you know that they don't mean you harm. Um, but most times harm is there because, again, I think that when it comes to misogynoir um, and just anti-blackness is so deeply entrenched that people might not even think that they're operating from that space just because they're also black. But they are. And it's about letting them know. But... Also, I realise now how much sort of um, power is what I would call it, how much power I wield on social media. Um, And so I don't actually speak to individuals anymore, like individual people, unless they've said something extremely wild. I don't tend to speak to um, individuals. I, I speak about Boris Johnson. I speak about the government generally. I speak about more societal things than anything, or I'll just talk about a young TV show. But I've I cannot afford for the kind of space that I have for somebody to annoy me and for me to turn the lens on them mm-hmm. because then my followers or whoever won't be very kind. I don't even have to say as much. I feel like Oloni knows um very similar to that as well. If Oloni decides to quote tweet somebody, they are gonna get it you know, from what they've said to her. And rightly so, because sometimes they say some really horrendous things to her. But even when I'm talking about certain people, I don't tend to even say their names. I'll talk about a situation. Because again, imagine that you've done something to me that was intended to cause me harm or to ridicule or humiliate me. But I realise how much more power I hold in this specific situation. And so I have to go into the space of compassion that I show towards myself and I've shown towards myself or have learned to show myself when there's been points where I've been hurt and I've had to get to this space of healing, I have to tap into that and show that person that and be like, if I say your name, I know how this is going to go. So I'm just not going to say it, but I'm going to talk about this thing. Um, 
so yeah, it's, it's those kind of things. But then you realise some people are wild. Like, they'll even when you're talking about it generally, they'll want to tag themselves because they want people to know that they were the person moving mad. Yeah, yeah. I think, you know, what you've really tapped on, tapped into there is uh, wisdom and actually kind of just knowing mm. knowing how to how to navigate how to navigate in particular in particular elements i mean i think that the one thing i mean i i've not been on twitter for at least two or three years now like but the one thing that i found when i was there was that i wasn't operating from a place of wisdom it was very much like have an opinion to speak it say something mm-hmm. bring it up see something like it duh, 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 duh. everything was very instantaneous there was never that moment to yeah. pause and um to what you literally just said is about you know knowing kind of what the internet is like knowing what the environment is like and what it can create yeah. knowing what you wield and then just pausing and being like okay i want to talk about this but how am i going to talk yeah and i think that's there's a lot important. of angst yeah, there's a there's a lot of angst on Twitter. Um, people try to cloak it in theoretical debates and all of that stuff, but a lot of people are hurting and so they will project. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. you know, and they'll project all of these things. So I just think like, no, I don't. You're not going to project it onto me. Like, I'm not a blank canvas. This is who I am, and I'm not having that projected onto me. So it's like holding your ground, really. And then the more that you do that, keep reasserting your boundaries. They just know that there's certain things that people can't do with you. So I feel like even to the point now where people don't necessarily tweet at me anymore or use my username. If they're going to talk about me, they'll talk about me in the abstract. And they might think that they're doing something yeah but I think that that is also a testament to the impact that I have you won't dare to say my name talk around it because if I were to see that and I direct my venom at you it's going to be a very wild situation and so when you recognize that it's first checking ego and realizing that I don't I don't want for people to have to feel that way but should you if that's the only way that you can stay at bay and I can just do what I'm doing over here then that's fine. But we've all had to grow. It's not something that I just, you yeah. know, knew. I've I've just I've been wild on socials for Christmas. years. And then yeah, and then you you get to that point as the more that you learn and then the more that you garner this sort of following, you realize the impact that you could have on certain people. Um so you you just don't I think that that's it when you have discipline when you have compassion when you have a sense of self and you're kind of focusing on a deeper sort of relationship with spirituality you know where the red button is but you don't press it but sometimes it's important to let people know that you do know where the red button is so it <laughs> kind sure. of balance, yeah like it balances it. things out <laughs> you know what is so funny because every time I every time I want to say something online i always think of um the erica badu tweet it always comes back to me it's like you know i am incense and good vibes or whatever she said i didn't paraphrase i'm incense and good vibes but i can turn into a cult 45 and like fifth, like really quickly and i sit down and i pause and i just laugh at that because i'm just like ha, ha, ha that's hilarious and then i just move and just move my, my yeah mind. that's because it i was you know like google and i'm sure um apple iphone apple apple phones iphones um have this fun thing of saying two years ago today, yeah, these are the photos yeah. you took. So I was down memory lane. I was stuck in 2016 the other day on these in these photos and all these screenshots of like my tweets and all these different things that I'd had a scene. And I was mm-hmm. like, who is this person? It's yes. me in the picture, but it ain't me there. Yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at it and I'm just like, what was I tweeting? Where were these, where were these going? Like what? Yeah. 
um, because I wasn't thinking, I wasn't taking the time to be like, all right, I don't need yeah. to say any of this. What, what is the message I'm bringing out? Yeah. How is this impacting somebody else's life or, mm. or anything? So it's a lot when you start to look at things retrospectively, um, mm. you know, and really kind of, and, 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 you know, check yourself. I do want to ask you about the um, the whole, the tarot things yeah. and, um, and stuff. Um, did I have a tarot reading? I've not had a tarot reading before. You haven't. I've been I've been in and around people who do tarot. <laughs> yeah. I've been like, you know, you just like, ooh, what's all that? What's that about? Peaking. You know, like, yeah, I don't quite. I'm not joining you girls over there. But... <laughs> like, like, <laughs> good job. Yeah, good job. Like, like what what card that is? <laughs> um, <laughs> but I would love. I think I do want to get one at some point. But what I was, mm-hmm. you know, and I've seen her like, and you know, you, the owner, and I know some other people like Janelle and another one of my friends, Daryl. They do. Mm-hmm a lot of tarot and a lot of stuff and I'm seeing it a lot more um, what do you think has been the reason for this to kind of get as, as a as a form of healing as a form of like communication and you know therapy yeah. I guess what, what is it tarot is amazing because tarot the 78 cards if you get a traditional tarot deck right and if someone's making a tarot deck it should have 78 cards and the cards, so you've got 22 major arcana and then you've got the rest of the cards are a minor arcana and they all four, they're all four suits. So you've got swords, cups, coins and um, swords and wands. So you've got, mm. so that's um, um, air, water and uh, earth and fire. And so all of these elements, everything speaks to the human condition. Every single card represents something about the human condition. And so by looking at the illustration, um, you're usually able to pick up something by, and it speaks to you. And I think that more black women specifically have gravitated to it recently and I'd say like there have been black women who have been there and indigenous people who have been there for centuries Mm. honoring these practices and holding them dear holding them sacred so when we decided to return to it it was there otherwise it would have faded out because of you know the specific brand of Christianity that white supremacist patriarchy chose to wield that doesn't speak to all Christianity or or Abrahamic religions but specifically how it was used and how it was um, inflicted upon um, and weaponized against um, the African diaspora. Mm. And so I think that tarot is just mm. one of the divination tools that we've gravitated towards. I mean, we see that some people have gone back to um, Yoruba spirituality as well, as it's, you know, and, you know, as it's changed over um, the centuries with uh, Kadombele and Santeria, you know, but they've come back to this, right? And so I feel like tarot is one of those things that just reminds you of the fact that you are also created from the same source. Like sometimes I'm, I, I get called to just be out in nature or be by the water. And I'll be looking at random things like how the birds are communicating with each other. And I'm like, rah, look at the absolutely incredible design of just nature. Forget buildings and all of that stuff. Just nature, how like intricately woven it is and woven it is and how perfectly it works. That is amazing to me. And the same creative source that made all of that also made us and that is 
incredible. And so remembering that you have that power, remembering that you have connections, because at the end of the day, when you break us all the way down to what we are, we're literally energy right because when you break mm. down the atoms and you break down all of that we're just literally energy vibration and yeah. so remembering that and then remembering the fact that even when somebody's not in a physical body anymore those vibrations are still there those intentions are still there makes you think about your ancestors the ones that you know they they kept going even the ones that couldn't keep going or that they were you know um their lives were taken before their time or whatever um, else they have every hope in you their energy still transcends through you and so by picking up these cards or picking up any sort of tool of divination that you get really good at using you're able to pick up on the advice that they would give you because again they don't see time the way that we do, we think about time the way that we've been forced to think about time in the Western world as linear, as past, present, future, when mm. past doesn't exist and future really doesn't exist either. But what they tend to see or what they do um, uh, witness is an interaction of every timeline, every single timeline. If you imagine the choice that you made today for the hoodie that you decided to wear, what if you'd chosen a different hoodie, the way that your life would have gone if you'd chosen that and what would have happened? They see every eventuality. And so when we are looking for guidance, especially in the society that we found ourselves in right now, we're asking for the guidance that will put us on the optimal timeline to get the results that will be most honouring to ourselves and to them to make all of the things that they've done worth it. That's how I use tarot anyway. It's not just about, oh, I want to see the future. No, because you can't. But I want to see the, you know, I want advice on the next best decision that yeah. keeps me on the optimal timeline where I can have the most joy, the most peace while still like honoring the assignment and and honoring them and honoring the the uh, people and the children that come after us. And um, I just think that for 70, 78 cards, it's great. But people are so scared of tarot because we've been told that it's evil, it's voodoo, it's this. And when actually voodoo is an actual thing of its own. Yep. Um, and should be respected as well as a thing of its own. But again, when we talk about the demonization and the vilification of Haitians and why that came to be, we understand why people speak about voodoo and hoodoo the way that they do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, in terms of tarot, you've got these 78 cards. And usually if you see five, five is usually about change. So anytime you see five, you're usually looking at um, in one of the suits, you're usually looking at something to do with change or conflict right um one is usually the ace so it's the beginning of the thing um by the time we got to get to number 10 number 10 is like the the absolute um kind of like maximum uh, accumulation of energy of that thing so if it's a 10 of pentacles that is the maximum accumulation of like material abundance right but if we've got 10 of swords that's the maximum accumulation of mental energy where you're using nothing else. So you're now mentally exhausted or drained. Mm -hmm. You can't do anything else. Um, 10 of uh, wands, maximum accumulation of, of responsibilities and duties. So you mm -hmm. can't see what you want to do. You can't see the wood for the trees. Basically you're just so bogged down and a 10 of cups is the maximum accumulation of all the things that would bring you emotional fulfillment. So every card has a story and then the more that you trust yourself, you can do that. So I think that when we talk about why are black people gravitating to it, why are black femmes, black women, black non-binary people, why are they gravitating towards tarot? It's because I feel like within a white supremacist patriarchal society, we've been taught to not trust ourselves. 
whether um you know whatever gender you ascribe to we've been taught to not trust ourselves and especially as black people no you trust somebody outside of you and that is the only way that we can keep the hierarchies going if we trust somebody outside of ourselves and tarot invites you to come back to you like you also have that divinity within you to pull the cards and and take the message sometimes you won't like the message but take the message and keep training yourself until the messages just they just flow you know and so i found so much liberation in it and so much happiness in it so i just think that when people talk about oh you know you know it's bad and it's obr and it's this and it's that mm. and you know, that is their interpretation of it, but something that can bring people joy and peace and want them to be and encourage them to be better stewards of the earth. I don't see how that's a bad thing. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, like I, I'm, I'm down with the kind of the mysticism of things and just kind of like really just tapping into it. This is why, this is why I'm so curious mm -hmm. about it. Cause I'm just like, I definitely will end up getting a reading at some point. Mm. Um, I'm also just curious as to kind of like just as as just seeing more and more people talk about it, just seeing it become thing. I grew up. I remember when I was like what around ten, and I was so aware of star signs. I was so aware of them. Yeah, like, I remember picking up like there was a book, of, like, you know, just the, the various book, uh, star signs of my family in my house, and just kind of picking them up. And I was just, and I had them mm. all for each of everybody. And like, you know, it wasn't anything like of anything. It was just, my mum was just kind of like, you know, just, um, what's the word? Humoring me. As, yeah, as, yeah. As <laughs> but like, you know what I mean? But I've been so aware of it. And as you grow older, everything becomes gendered. Everything becomes stigmatized. Everything becomes filled mm. with shame. And then you become anxious when you start to, to, to look into all of these different things. So yeah, um, when I started seeing more and more uh, black people, as you said, like women, black femmes, non-binary mm. people just kind of speaking and looking into uh, tarot as a way of healing and communicating. And you know, I just, I found it so interesting, especially the way, you know, you mentioned Leona Nicole Black, you know, she had her Astro mixers before, mm -hmm, but it was, mm -hmm. a, it, was a, it was a moment of like, you know, people who felt they were weird. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. were there, like, so cool at the same time. Like, it was so dope um, when it when it, when it it happened. Um, and just to know that there are these people having these conversations and that there are these spaces for people outside of the traditional things that, you know, have brought a lot of pain to a lot of people mm. in a lot of ways, you know, just, just, just generally, you know, yeah. and, and that stuff. So I, I do think it's important. I do think it's important, but we shall speak some more. Uh, yes, 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 yes. About those 72 <laughs> cards, you know. 72? How many cards are there? 78. 78 cards. <laughs> yes, yes. All right. Um, coming to the end, but I want to, um, I just want to ask you, like, if you could rate this year out of 10. <laughs> oh, woo. I don't even know. Um, I don't even know what I would rate it, to be fair. But um, what do you see for next year? Either way. Well, either way. if I could, if I could rate this year, like well, so far, out of ten, I would say eight. You know, okay. because what is what is ten? I don't know yet. You know, that's true. But 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 eight is a really great place to be. And it's eight just because, not to say that there hasn't been some absolutely horrendous moments, because there have been, but what I found 
um, for myself in those moments is just, wow, I didn't even know I had it in me to be that resilient and to be that quick thinking and to be that resourceful and just be like, boom, 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 boom. Just, you know, get myself where I need to be. I fought for myself more than I've ever fought for myself in my life, but that's not in terms of being that combative in terms of, um, an outside audience. No, it's just like things like personal things and how I want them and and what I'm striving for and being able to kind of advocate for myself more than I've ever done before and putting structures in place that allow for me to not, um, spiral into that sort of space of anxiety, because I, I feel like, you know, when you have had childhood trauma, sexual trauma specifically, mm-hmm. like you can become so, um, yeah, you'll be hyperfunctional. I'm extremely hyperfunctional. I'm, I'm hyperfunctional. I'm really high functioning, but it's from a space of trying to control because I don't like not knowing. And so through, um, you know, my spiritual work and through tarot and all of these things and, and, and therapy, I've learned to kind of fall back more, but then the times that I do need to you know, get up and get in control, I can now do that. And I've got the energy to do that. And I think that this year was a great example for that, like not waiting for anybody or anything to come and save me, but just getting on with it. And, you know, I had my oracles, uh, oracle cards out earlier this year as well. And I created them from that space of all the messages that I've received um, through my readings that have really helped me and um, putting that out for other people as well and seeing how much it's helped other people. So it's been a really great year for that of really settling into um, settling into who I currently am and, and being really um, pleased with her. So I love that. And in terms of um, next year, I don't really know. I mean, next year, well, my 36th year, God willing, will be my first house perfection year. And I'm an Aries rising. So I feel like once I get to 36 years old, it's going to, my 36th year is going to be wild. Like in terms of, I feel like in terms of even more visibility, but because of the things that I've been doing in my 12th house perfection year, which is my 35th year, the things that you do that are hidden, that are behind the scenes, them coming out and the world seeing finally so yeah so I'm I'm really some people get really nervous about their 12th house perfection year and they're like oh my god oh my god what's gonna happen because that's also you know it can signify prisons and well really signifying the um (laughs) you never know you never know you know I'm one tweet away from Boris but no um (laughs) it can signify anything right (laughs) it can signify anything but really it's it's more about the limiting beliefs that we have of ourselves the prisons that we put ourselves into um and so that is that kind of vibe and it's thinking about the prisons that I put myself into um freeing myself of those so by the time you hit that first house perfection year you're just ready and nothing's, yeah. you know, got to shake you. I see, I, I kind of, I've always had this weird thing, right? Where when I think about money, I think about money as if I'm in a computer game. Like I only need money to do the things that will allow me to mm. go to the next level and the next level and the next level and clock For the sure. game. That's it. But I don't need an excess of it. I just need it to be able to buy my things in the game so I can go through the levels. So I've always considered life in that way. And so I, I consider life to be like a training ground. Um, and I, I just feel like that's what it is. Um, what's next year going to bring? Probably more training. Who knows what I'm, what we're ultimately being trained for. But I'm down, you know, I'm down. I get you. I get you. We're going to need to unpack the, the 12th house situation at some point. Because I'm, sure <laughs> I'm, sure I'm sure that flew over so many listeners' heads being like, what? 
the twelfth yeah, house. The first house. <laughs> how many houses? Are, how many houses is there? Twelve. I, I, I get it. Yeah, we'll get yeah. But you're also you're about to be thirty, you said. So you are doing you're in your Saturn return as well. Yeah. So congratulations. Yeah. My Saturn, Saturn has been re- my Saturn has been returning hard <laughs> since twenty seven. <laughs> since twenty seven. I'm just I'm just I'm just trying to decide figure out when it's gonna end. Like um, Yeah, you're almost there. You're almost well, there. Well yeah, so we shall we shall see. There's been a lot of transformation, a lot of mm. decisions, a lot of um a lot of changes, so many different things. Um, mm. and I'm just, you know, it's just, just been beautiful. Every single journey, every single step, every single conversation, any aspect of learning for me has been great. So I'm kind of yeah. happy about that, but we will speak. Yeah, we shall. I mean, I wouldn't that. be surprised if um, you have quite a, some planets doing some things in your 12th house, because mm. like you said, you haven't been on Twitter in two to three years. So you were able to pull away and go into the hidden space and mm. create from there. So it'll be interesting yeah. what's happening in your chart with that. But Saturn's people like to see Saturn as, oh, Saturn's so mean and Saturn's restrictive. When actually Saturn just remem- like remembers your assignment. Saturn remembers what you said you wanted to do and just tries to get you to put all of the crap to the side so you can get that thing done it's my ruling planet so, ah! but i'm like it's just it's a lot of duty and a lot of a lot of wow order. structure yeah, yes it's a lot of that um my longevity that's it. if saturn's your it. ruling planet my god the longevity like life you're blessed you're ever blessed that's amazing as long yeah. as you do the things that you need to do, to do like yeah you'll get all your things and that's they will it. last they will last. Yeah, it's building, 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 mm. building. Right, Kalechi, it's been beautiful as Thank I expected. You. And you have an ever a lifelong invite onto the show for whenever you Yay! decide or want to come and chat with me. Um, but yes, people, go and check out Kalechi's stuff. Check out Say Your Mind and you. all of the like. And um, yeah, we'll catch up another time. Thank we'll, you. Right, stay blessed. Have a happy new year, everybody. Thank you for listening to this conversation and please be safe and please fill out the form that is in the show notes. I look forward to catching you in the new year. Talk to you soon. Always love, Alex.